There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best fully functional GPS when you're out of service. Offline maps allow you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline, so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. Many of you know Axis deer is considered to be the best tasting venison on the planet. I've been hearing that for years. And that those deer cause some ecological harm. Well, Maui Nui Venison is bringing those Axis deer to the market. So you can get some fresh cuts and sticks shipped to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I, Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel from merino base layers to technical outerwear for every hunt. First Light, go farther, stay longer. All right, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It just doesn't feel like 2023. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, yeah, I got to just, I'm just going to come flat out and tell people. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this before. It's a long, no, it's not a long story. You're listening on the second, dude. It takes a minute of stuff to turn around. So this is, it's not the new year. But it's our <laughs> We're going to talk about New Year's stuff because it's a New Year mood, dude, like on Spotify. Oh, yeah. That was the stupidest thing in the world. I mean, God bless them. Love Spotify. I listen to, I listen, you want to you know something? I'm in the way ass. See, in my house, I have a Sonos system, but I run Spotify through Sonos. Yeah. I'm in the way ass top tier of time spent listening. Really? And I am in, anyways, I am in the point. Oh, one top percent of Sharon Van Etten fans. Sharon Van Etten. I believe I'm it. listening to more. <laughs> Based I'm on the reaction in this room, I bet. I listen to more. I listen to more Sharon Van Etten than 99 point. I, 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 don't, I can't even do the math. If I'm in the top point oh one percent of fans, what, what, who am I, who, Maybe. how many more, what percent am I listening to more of? 
So your so your your Spotify Wrapped wasn't completely bungled by your kids because mine that's no. it's, mine's completely it's gone. Listen, it does not. Those sons of bitches! I can't stand <laughs> when they do that. Oh, it's terrible. I've had to uh, like I don't want to name names, but I had someone affiliated with my household <laughs> really screw up my program. I hate it. No, they weren't able to. I like wage war on them on that they have an alexa you know them alexa deals uh uh-huh. it's, it's and, tied to your account right yeah but it yeah. used to not have like amazon never had any music but now they have they went they're kind of going the spotify route. now they have a ton of music mm-hmm. but they just opened up some thing where you know like normally they're like yeah well, so I, amazon had its own service but there wasn't a huge selection yeah. when it first launched but now they've got a lot more so you'd be yeah. like uh play me some uh Hold steady, right? And they'd be like, well, here, here's something similar. <laughs> yeah. But now they got a bunch. Anyhow, somehow my kids figured out for a while how to get into Spotify. Oh, it was throwing my stuff off because they like those stupid songs. Now yeah. you're in the top like, 1% of, I'm right like, there with Baby you. Shark. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not into that, but they like a song called Pancake Robot. Yeah, they like a lot dumb, of It's just these these goofy songs. There's one that my kids love called Jingle Burgers. It's just, it's terrible. It's just, it's adults singing in high-pitched voices just to like, you know. I don't know. Kids love it. Christmas yeah. themed or? Nope. No. Nope. And there was recently something <laughs> that came out. Here's why I hate, like, one of the reasons I hate virality. This is a good kickoff to the New Year's thing, right? One of the years I hate, I, I hate, like, did you see something that was everywhere? It was like a kid talking about corn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, who cares? Yeah, corn. Well, listen, let me tell you something. People liked it. Cute. cute. Yep. People liked it because people liked it. Meaning, if I took 100 Americans off the street, let's say I had that recording and I'm the only guy that knew about that recording, okay? I, I pull 100 Americans randomly off the street. I sit them down and I say, watch this video on my phone. Is this a life-changing video for you? They'd all go, no. Kid's cute. Kid's cute, but no. However, if you pump into America's head that something has, that like everyone is liking it, they like it. They like it because they like it. For instance, whenever it became like a, a thing to say, like a dad joke, okay? Once it had a name, it became a thing. But they, they need language. Like Americans need language to make things a thing. And they need like, they're like a dad this, a dad bod, okay? So, like, this whole genre of, like, dad bod, dad joke came out, and then everybody becomes aware of it because there's now language to describe something that's always existed, but they didn't know to care because it had no language around it. Likewise, this stupid kid with the corn thing, there's a song about They took the kid talking about corn and set it to music. My kids play that all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I use dad bod now, but before I would just be like, I'm getting kind of fat. <laughs> I know, because you... Do you know what people would describe the Hold Steady as? Dad rock. Sure. Yeah. No, because that's yep. like drug addict. It's all about, it's like, they're all, it's all drug addict stuff. Yeah, but they're all, they're all cleaned up and old now. So no, what you're thinking is Yacht Rock. No, Dad, dad Rock is a, dad, dad Rock's a thing. Yacht Rock's a whole different thing. I'm, 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 I'm trying to the back hold, you up, Steve. Listen, I'm, I'm no, here with you. The Hold Steady is all about... Wilco is another example of dad rock. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's like a lot of like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, <laughs> they're drug, happy but, to have that. But weirdly, oh, yeah. <laughs> weirdly, they have a lot of drug references and a lot of spousal abuse references, mm-hmm. which is like a wrinkle. The hold steady is just like drug addict music. It's like about drug addicts. But dads love it. 
It's not. It's not like it's not. You know, it's not music about dads. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd be a great I, band, though. What was I talking about? You were talking about how you're the best fan ever of uh, Sharon. Band. Oh no, corn, oh, corn kid. Oh, how it's like. Oh, I know what I was getting at. Jeez, man, it's been a long time since I started making my point. <laughs> point being, it has the feeling of the end of the year because I just got served. Uh, my Spotify that, rap. That stupid thing with the like psychedelics yeah. on Spotify that tells you what you're up to over the course tells you of the all, year. All your favorite genres, songs, it's, and it's bands. Really disjointed and it's yeah, all yeah. like you're looking through a kaleidoscope. Mm. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, so anyways, it's in the air. <laughs> it's a long road to get there, but we got there. The New Year's in the air. Uh, Chester just told me something New Year's-ish. Yeah, there's a... Uh... Ice out there, starting to be some ice out there. Oh no no no! No, your dip, your uh, your dip quitting plan. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I got uh, two other buddies. And those guys are real into fitness. <laughs> are they real into dip? First of all, <laughs> yep. So yeah, but I want to get to how what you said wasn't that smart. But go on. Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not what I. They're real into fitness, and uh, all three of us occasionally like to dip. Mm-hmm. Actually, not occasionally. occasionally. We like to dip. And they were like, how about whoever caves first, meaning we're going to try and quit chewing, and whoever puts a, a dip in their lip has to swim a mile in the pool. And I pointed out, if they're into fitness, how is it a punishment? I think if you had a bunch of, of like a bunch of unathletic fatsos, who hate any kind of exercise and they wanted to quit dipping, the punishment would be you had to swim a mile in the pool. No, I get it. And that's why I responded to them like, how hard it, is it to swim a mile in a pool? Like, I need some context here because I could probably benefit from this swimming thing, mm-hmm. you know. But they said it's extremely difficult, especially if you don't swim. So they don't yeah. want to swim the mile in the pool. I don't know because they... I don't think they do. But you do see what They're I'm saying. They're scared of drowning? Oh, of course. It's, it's, it's like like you said, like if all of us were like, whoever has a drink first, they have to go hunting, like you, like you just said. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When my old man quit smoking, did I tell you what he did? He, how he finally quit? It he, was like a money-related bet yeah, thing, right? He gave 10 to 1 odds and got to be, there was no way he could afford to not. There's no way he could afford mm. to not quit because he was given $10 on the dollar. To a bunch of people. A lot of people. Yeah. So how much did he make in the end? I think he made $700. Well, that's... If I remember right. He made 700 and would have had to fork out seven grand if he didn't quit. It's better than swimming a mile in a pool. Making 700 Right. Here's the other thing. <laughs> You're not getting anything out of winning. True. All you're getting is the, it's like, all you know is that somewhere someone's swimming in a pool while my old man's walking around with a fat wallet. Maybe you can, like, stand on the edge of the pool and make sure he doesn't, like, touch the edge or something, you know? You could heckle him. If you go 100% zen, does that count as quitting chewing tobacco? I, I would just count it as nicotine, you know, is what I am addicted to. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to get off of nicotine mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. Because you switched to dip alternatives, now you're doing the next thing. Right, and I've I've tried tried quitting. I tried quitting about every other week, probably. <laughs> well, you know, um I like to follow the fur market. 
here, this is like New Year's. This because I was just reading the fur market report for coming up, and uh, like the whole Russia thing's got everything whacked out in various ways. Uh, they buy a lot of fur. Um, traditionally, like a lot, like U.S. fur will go to Russia. The other thing is there's a sable market, so like there's a lot of sable that get trapped. Sable are Sable are European, like Eurasian Martin. Yeah, is what they call sable. Do they buy? And when Mar- when American Martin are sold, they're sold as sable. So like in the old days, you get like a sable brush that was like the hair in the brush, or like a sable scarf. Even American Martin wind up being used as sable. So the Russians always buy a shitload of fur, and that's all screwed up. Uh, oh, do you know that? Uh, the Russians, the Ruskies reached out trying to. Yeah. The Ruskies reached out trying to do a Ruski version of one of our books. Pretty, it felt pretty good to make a political statement there. Because yeah, be like, especially because it only cost fuck five you guys. Months. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm reading this thing, and I, what, do you remember what book it was? It was the survival book. Okay. The yeah, the wilderness skills book, which was, they may need over there. I know. <laughs> so there's like this Russian publisher wanted to buy our will buy the inner the buy the Russian rights to do a translation of the wilderness skills book, and the whole time I'm like, oh man, this is like. You know, it's going to be a hot, like, you can't do it. Yeah. You know, you can't do it because all the boycott stuff. But man, but I got to the end, it was only 500 bucks. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be like, hell no. <laughs> the bravery is a step. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Not, co- <laughs> not costing me anything to be. <laughs> uh, <coughs> fuck. So Excuse here's me. an interesting Cause thing, man. Um, it, it, beavers, so. In the beaver market, beavers are sold as, like, most beavers go into that what's called the hatter market. So even if you go back to the old days, you go back to the Mountain Man era, um, all those beavers that were trapped by all, all those Mountain Man, Rocky Mountain beaver trappers and others were all used to make hats. They shred the whole thing and make wool felt. Uh, so Abe Lincoln, like the top hat and all that, right? Beaver wool felt top hats. They're water resistant, warm, very fashionable. Uh, well, he might have been the silk hat era because when, when they started making hats from silk, it killed the old beaver market. But today, everything but the best. So, like, you might have a lot of beavers that come out of the upper Great Lakes, extreme northern Midwest, like very dark, heavy beavers. Like, those go to certain uses. Most all the beavers. Most other beavers from the south, all the beavers from the west, go into the Hatter market. They go into making Stetsons. This this Bobcat guy, Mercer Long, who's going to be coming on the podcast, he used to be a, he still is a fur trapper, but he also, when researchers are trying to do catch Bobcats to collar them, he's the go-to guy when you want to put a collar on a Bobcat. He's like Joe Bobcat. He sent me a text. Well, let me get, let me tell you another. Let me let me give you another. He he has some interesting insights. He said this one day. So here's a here's him. Why does it bother me so much these guys with the <laughs> Why does it bother me so much these guys with the $70,000 land cruisers and jeeps with all the stupid <laughs> shit bolted to the outside of it? Water jugs, gasoline, traction boards and handyman jacks. Can you imagine actually spending any time on dirt roads in one of those things? All that crap that's bolted to them, things just rattle off or the racks would just fall to pieces eventually. There isn't a single lift point on one of those vehicles that you could even use the high lift jack on. 
And then you see them out there when you're trapping on their big adventure, a dozen of them making a big deal about driving down a trail that you check traps on every single day. Most of the time, you'd be hard-pressed to find a half bottle of water in your vehicle, and your spare tire's been flat in the bed for a week and a half. <laughs> oh, this guy's really your buddy. <laughs> yeah, this guy knows how to get to your heart. Yep. Here's a text he just sent me. <laughs> Do you suppose the liberal Save All the Animals Hollywood folks involved with the TV show Yellowstone realize they are almost single-handedly pushing the beaver market? Orders for forty to 50,000 skins to supply the hatter industry? You suppose they even know that those western hats are made with beaver felt? Probably not a lot of people do. No, I doubt it. No, I don't know that. Well, also the guy that runs Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan's a pretty centrist dude. He's not. He's uh, a beaver trapper. Yeah, he's a he's a friend of the beaver trappers. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I keep we keep getting pitched a podcast guest from various angles. Who's a? It sounds like an anti beaver trapper. Might have to get him on. They wrote Beaverland. Oh yeah. I just got pitched them again today. They have startling startling findings about the secretive contemporary fur trade. Oh, so it's based on fur. It's not like environmental love. No, it's about like, hey, beavers make dams, you know. Uh, uh, It's like, news alert. And then, um... (laughs) You don't say. And then, uh... And then, um, it has startling discoveries about the contemporary fur trade. I don't know, maybe we should have that person Definitely, that sounds interesting. Uh, oh, another heads up before we get... We got a couple things to talk about. Here's another heads up. You know, like, um, speaking of like, uh, you know, uh, the, the the liberal Hollywood types. You know how dis all everything in Disney is like like how it's just like nonstop like anti hunting stuff. Like if you watch, it's not Disney, but like Wild Kratts, for instance. Like the bad guy is a wild game chef. In Wild Kratts, you ever watch that show? You kids ever watch that show? Oh, and like the it's these two brothers. The animal. They used to have an actual show. I, mean, I don't know if they got too old and they started, they turned them into car- much younger cartoon yeah. people. Yeah. But yeah, the hunters are always the bad guys. Like when the animals are the characters, like the buffoon hunters, like, yeah. Yeah, there's a wild game chef. There's three, there's one, one of the bad guys is kind of like a very, he's like an urban dweller, very fussy, and it, it and like, it, it, how do I put it? How do I put it? Uh, a very effeminate, fussy urbanite who kind of hates animals. Okay. Mm. One of the bad guys is, no joke, a chef who wants to, like, <laughs> eat the last of things. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then you got, you know, every other thing. Like, if you watch a movie and there's a couple and there's a hunter in it, it's like, what is he? He's from the South. He's from the American South. He's careless and and like ruthless. Mm-hmm. I have, this is a hot tip for parents with kids. Adventure time. That's me and my kids show. I love it. 10, 15 minute episodes. We watch them at night before bed. All their house is taxidermy. They sleep under animal skins. Everything in their house is draped in animal hides. What's it, this one called? Adventure time. Mm. It's a dystopian. No, it's like a utopian post-apocalyptic world where, like, you gather that it's like also kind of fantasy and medieval. It's like a whole. It's it's cool. It's a cool show. Humans are all gone except for one kid. Inanimate objects have become animate, and now and then you see 
like an iceberg will wash up on the beach and it's full of humans wearing business suits with pustules all over their face. Like <laughs> humans are gone. And it's a kid and his dog, and they have a lot of adventures. And sometimes, like, I was watching one the other day, and it just ends inexplicably. They just come in, and he's holding, like, a big dead animal and drops it on the floor, and his buddy's got an arrow sticking out of his head. Um, And, yeah, they sleep under his bed is all bear hides and, and rugs. Where can you watch it? Is it like a YouTube? Or where we it was on. It was on Cartoon Network, but you can watch it. On, it's on HBO Max and like any sort of Cartoon Network. We have the kind of TV thing. you talk into, and um, my kids just talk into it one and those, it plays. One of those smart ones that they have nowadays. <laughs> they just talk into it and it plays it, but I don't understand where it's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot tip. Adventure Time. Yep. I have to. When when Oscar can start watching, it has a lot of talking animals. But I just I watch it for the taxidermy. I watch it for the I watch it for the tanned hides, the beds made of, of nothing but they just sleep under rugs. People like the uh, effed up old taxidermy calendar. Mm-hmm. Good. I mean, they're never going to like it as much as the deer stands calendar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good went well. Speaking of, tw- that was another good 2023 hit. Uh, got a, a couple ethics, a couple ethics questions we got to get into. Well, yeah. If you don't have a calendar for this year yet, it'd be ethical to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> There's like just a few left, right? I think. Really? Yeah. I think I saw an email that it was like 24,000 have already been shipped out. Oh, so they sold a good pile. Yeah. Oh, sweet, man. Yeah. And they, and then there was some as a promo, like, like for certain orders. Yeah. I think the in the last, like, Last year when they were getting rid of them, it was that if you make any order, you could any you get a free calendar with any order. So people would order a calendar. Right. Because then you're buying like a cheap item. Mm-hmm. So you're paying like whatever, 14 bucks. And then your free item is a calendar. Yeah. So it's basically like two for one calendars. And a lot of calendars sold like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's not too late. You know, hopefully you can still go get them. We've talked about this one, but it, man, it comes up all the time. Here's a guy. Here, here's a guy writes in. Hill states in. As previously discussed on the podcast, hunters are placed in moral and legal dilemmas often. I'm quoting. On the opening day of rifle season, I experienced quite the predicament. Still quoting. Hunting public land, I heard someone shooting a small caliber semi-automatic firearm, sending out multiple shots. After about 10 to 15 minutes, I hear an animal headed my direction. I look up to see a small buck very wounded limping into the area. Upon looking at him through my scope, I can see that he has been shot through the front leg at the joint. Upon seeing this, I decided to do the morally correct thing and dispatch the deer. As I checked out the deer, I began to see he was shot multiple times. Twice in the neck, once through the front leg, and once in the ham. I proceeded to wait over an hour in hopes that someone would show up looking for the deer they had wounded, but they put about as much time in finding the wounded animal as they did at the gun range. I know taking a wounded animal has been discussed on the podcast before, but how would you have played this one? Use your only rifle buck tag on a small buck that has been shot up? Harvest the animal and not tag him? Let him walk? I respect the opinions from the meat eater as y'all do... Nice, nice. He ends with some nice things. Um, What would you have done? I want to first lay out like what you should, what you, what you need legally. 
This is why, <laughs> this is why he's talking about ethics. Because I've I've been in a situation I've been in a situ- situation two times, more than that. Well, I was in a situation yesterday, in a mm. weird way, because I'm driving down the road. We we're going out to set some Martin sets, and there's a deer, all busted up on the side of the road, laying there looking around. Cars whizzing by. You can see where it kind of dragged itself off into the snow. And like, we thought about, oh, we should probably shoot the deer. That, you're actually not supposed to do that. Right. That's breaking the law. It's breaking the law to shoot the deer. <clears throat> but twice, I have killed severely messed up deer that I did not tag. One time, the first time I did it, we were camping, and I took a backstrap off it. And then I felt like, Kind of bad about that. You, you stepped across the line at that. Well, point. it was sh- it, listen. I, it was a deer that got hit in the lower back ham. It was just packed full of dirt. The leg was just dragging. All oh, just a mess. And I was like, I'm not. It's like a total mess. It was obviously a hunting related. It was hunting season. You could tell it had been shot. Um, I shot it, and I'm like, man, I don't want to. Like, I don't know. And that night we ate a backstrap, which was wrong. But you that was probably moral. I don't know. I don't want it's, that one's moral, legally wrong for sure. The other time I killed one, a little fawn that had gotten out onto an island in a river and had been hamstrung by coyotes. It was just a total mess and dying anyways. And I shot it, didn't touch it. Both times that was illegal because you didn't use your tag. Didn't use a tag and didn't contact a game warden. So I'll do mine, then you guys can do yours. I'll do mine for what I think this individual, what I would have done in this individual's shoes if I was being my best person. Well, if you're being your best person, you wouldn't have messed with it if you didn't want it. Your second best person, you'd have shot it, realized it was full of holes, realized that no one came and looked for it, and call a game warden and be like, I don't, I, I saw a deer coming, I knew it was shot, I shot it, I didn't realize it was this shot, and where the hell's the guy that shot it? I think it, and it, let the game warden sort yeah. it out. If you t- if you really laid it out and the and the game warden was quite convinced you were telling the truth, there's a good chance. And he probably would have done he probably would have done tag. some asking around about who had been plugging away at it, mm-hmm. and probably would not have forced you to tag it. If right. you're like, mm-hmm. I how, like I don't know. Here it comes. It's got four brand new holes in it. I don't want it. But who? Where is he? Yeah, I think if. I would I'd shoot the deer, go up to it, realize how shot up it was. If you if I could get a bunch of meat off, I'd probably just take the deer. But if it was just demolished, but what if like, it was your only buck tag, and you I mean, had like another week to hunt, Chester? I I I mean I'd love to shoot a bigger buck, but it's just like meat. At least at this point in my life, the meat is uh, more important than the. Than but the in this case, you're not gonna like the meat's gonna be all right shot up and. If it was all nasty. shot up, I'd yeah. do exactly what you guys are saying and call the call the game warden. I've tagged two shot up animals. I tagged a shot up turkey with Yanni, and we jumped it out of a brush pile and it couldn't fly, and I shot it and tagged it. Um. Full story. I think we were. It was like the last couple minutes of our hunt, uh, and then I shot a coos deer on the show one time that had been shot through the foot. She got some yield off of that, though. There's nothing wrong with it. Shot yeah. through the foot. What's interesting is, uh, after I killed it, we were cutting it up, 
And here comes the guy, the guy that hit it a couple days before in the foot, and still out in the mountains looking for it. Hmm. Well, you know at least he was in Arizona. I wasn't on that one. Do you give it to him? No, he was totally cool about it, and he didn't want it. He just wanted, he was still up looking for he it. He wanted to know what happened. Yeah. He was happy as shit. I, I just, like, is it, like, the morally correct thing to do? Like, are you morally obligated? Like, I don't know if that's the I case, would now, man. now, knowing what I now know. I would just, if, if I knew something was messed up, I'd be like, listen, they tell you not to mess it up, I'm not going to mess yeah. it up. You know? I, I don't think you're morally obligated to, to do anything. The one area I think that I, the one area where I think that I used to practice civil disobedience <laughs> is picking up roadkill stuff. Back when it was illegal. Yeah. And mostly now it's like more every year, like more and more states make it legal. Mm -hmm. But when it was illegal to pick up roadkill, I would pick up roadkill. I wouldn't even be discreet about it. And I was looking forward to going down to court mm -hmm. and being like, yes, your honor, there was a deer dead on the side of the road that was going to rot on the side of the road and I ate it. Guilty as charged. Have you, know? you shot? And to see what actually happens to you. Have you done done the putting a wounded animal out? thing and tagged yeah. or untagged or one time going up 131 mm, one that was hit by a car yeah yeah mm. i was a young hot shot elk guy and always had a pistol in my car and just needed a reason to <laughs> discharge that son of a gun and there it was i knew i, I knew uh, there was a reason i've been yeah. carrying that for 10 years <laughs> um i think that was, that's been that was the only time though. yeah I don't, I don't know that i'm gonna burn my tag in that situation that's no, for sure I would no i'm not i mean you can but it, it's not like a thing. I don't feel like I have to do it yeah. for this reason. That I, like this animal has to be put out of its misery. Um, the, I don't know. For some reason, the older I get, I don't believe in that quite as much anymore as right. I used to. Right. I think those animals are a lot tougher than 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 we think they are, and I think we're there's a little bit of anthropomorphization that goes on when we when we think, oh, let's put it out of its misery. You yeah. don't know how. What, well, that deer yesterday laying on the side of the road, dude, was not getting any better. No, it's not. I'm not saying it's going to get any better. It's going to die. It was, well, see, the, here's, it's going to here, get eaten by something. But here's the art. Here's another wrinkle in this to consider. These are human. He's talking about human caused. Okay, which I, I view like human we're, caused. We're part of nature. I know. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I mean, it, it's the morally correct thing because that's the one you saw. Like, if you're out there hunting in firearm season in Wisconsin. There is a shitload of wounded deer running around in the woods. You know what I mean? But just because it's the one you saw, it's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's yeah, my I, uh, it's my belief that like for, uh, it, it, we talked about this a long time yesterday with some. I was talking with some folks. It's my belief that that wound loss on archery elk is one to one. Everyone I know that archery hunts has a story, man. Yeah, it's one to one. I think for every elk that dies, an elk gets wounded. So if you imagine all those, like, you know, and so many of those recover, it's kind of like, yeah, you see something coming along, you don't know what it's mm -hmm. going to happen to it. Here's a good one. I recently harvested a duck that caused me some confusion. Yesterday I was out jump shooting some local creeks. This is really interesting. I had bagged three greenheads. That's good. That's a good little jump shoot. Mm -hmm. I had bagged three greenheads, and because the limit is four mallards here in Scotty, Chester, I could shoot one more. As I walked along, a flock of three erupted from the bank below me. I picked out the one bird with a green head and a white collar, pulled up, and crunched it. Hadn't heard that before. Crunched it. 
means he got it. <laughs> yeah, it. I had never heard anybody use crunched uh, in uh, place of got it, shot it. Folded it. Folded Ouch. it. You ever, you ever heard anybody use no, crunched? It's a little sense. aggressive. Just this is the first time right now. Mm-hmm. Just imagining bones shattering, which I don't think is the image that you want. Well, I think a lot, I did some waterfowl hunting last week, and sometimes when you do get like a really good shot on one and they... You crumpled it. You, they crumple, which I could <laughs> see, I could see that that could, you know, you could flip that to crunch pretty easy. Did they, I ever they tell do kind of look like they pi- get Pillowed? Crunched. Pillowed? No, did, never did I ever heard tell that you guys one. about like the... Folded? In, in, when I was in college, I had to do this thing. Did I ever tell you about this story? Corinne, you, you, you'll remember if I told you this or not. Uh-huh. I found an academic paper. Well, because you're, you know, you're usually here, right? I found an academic paper where they took a room full of women from a college who all knew each other. Okay. And they had like 15 minutes to think of all the words they could think of for male genitalia. I don't remember this. And then they took the same number Come of guys. On. I've heard it at least 10 yeah, times. He's, he's they took Really? You've heard this before? <laughs> Maybe I'm getting old. They took the, hey, look, uh, Hunter's sitting over there like he wants to hear what yeah. they call oh, yeah. the penis. Okay, so, so I'm all then they took a, the same number of guys, that, and they got, found guys that all knew each other, and put them, it was a linguist, okay, that did the research. Mm-hmm. So the women all generated, for 15 minutes, just free form generated as many names they could think of for male genitalia. Then you had a group of guys, and they, freeform, generated as many names for male genitalia as they could think of. And a stark difference in the, st- like, a stark difference in the lists. The males had Authority more figures. Authority, like, the commissioner, the governor. It's <laughs> terrible. Kojak. Like, authority figures. Kojak. So, 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 so the authority figures were coming from the men, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the, the, the female oh, is just, like, a wildly different list of, yeah. you know, like, like just, like, very different. Point being, I think it'd be, like, thinking about this crunched, crunched it. It'd be interesting uh, to go around hmm. the country. Mm. Just it'd be like, it'd be like, like for uh, five minutes, give me, you'd be like, harvested, took, right? Somebody would be like, whacked, crunched. <laughs> That'd be a good shirt Aced. out here. Yeah. <laughs> Just have a map and, and what are the kind of terms? Yeeted. Yeah. It's one for the Gen Zs. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, be interesting research. So back to our duck hunter. I picked out the one bird with the green head and the white collar, pulled up, and... Crunched it. Something seemed off about the bird. I figured it was just a juvenile drake seeing as I had harvested two of those already that day. However, when I stripped down and waded across the creek, someone should send this guy some waders. When I stripped down and waded across the creek, I found what was clearly a domestic duck. I have no ethical dilemma about shooting a domestic duck. I was in the heart of public land, and escaped domestic breeds can be quite damaging to the genetics of our wild mallards. What I struggled with was whether or not it should count towards my limit of mallards, or my limit of ducks at all. I understand that it's a descendant of a mallard, but a feral dog is a descendant of a wolf. Should you then be required to put your wolf permit on a feral dog if you shot one? Last time I shot one, I didn't. (laughs) Or, say I had my own domestic ducks. If I were to shoot a limit of wild ducks, would that prevent me from being able to butcher my own that day? Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's he's making a point, yeah. right? I don't think he's yeah. at, he's, he's right. Not, he's like asking 
uh, what are those hypotheticals, theoreticals? I don't know. Yeah, he's just laying out an extreme possibility. I think. Um, I'll, I oh, I have I had a similar experience last year. My boy got a duck, um, a strange duck, and we speculated about what it was. And more, I did online research. I had found a it was a mallard Muscovy cross, which mm. even has a name. So then you're like. Uh, we counted it toward the limit. I would think that th- in this case, this individual, I would think that you might get cited, but when you went to court, you're not going to get in trouble. Uh, yeah. You'd have to. How do you prove it's a domestic duck, though? If it, yeah. if you cared that much, you'd get it. You'd get it tested, right? It's like a- couldn't it be that that duck is just hatched out from a hen that made it, a wild hen that made it with a. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you see those crazy like oh for you sure see ponds full of those crazy like not quite mallards all the yeah. time. I mean, it's one duck. Like, why not just call it a day, right? Because he's a curious person. I guess. Look at this all of his job. Look yeah. at all of his like uh, another. Look one, at his credentials. He does have some credentials. Another one of those things. Another one of those situations though, where it's just like if you really wanted to keep hunting, you just could call up your authorities and kind of see what they think. You know. Yeah, I think they're going to be. Yeah, but on the other hand, what do you think they're going to? You can't say? be call, like Quit, you can't honey. be you can't be yeah. everyday calling you can't be everyday calling the game warden weird stuff to happen to. Yeah, but that does this stuff doesn't happen that. <laughs> Guess what often. happened now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how often does this stuff? You won't happen? believe it, but um, you know, I, I don't. I feel like my uh, local game warden likes getting a phone call uh, from an inquisitive Yanni. Yeah, and I apologize to him every time I do it. He looks at that phone. He's like, "God damn it, it's Yanni." Every time I do it, I'm like, "Hey man, I hate, I hate the bug you this kind of stuff, man." But like, what if <laughs> it's their job? Yeah, yeah. No, he likes because he's like an intellectual. Um, I would have kept hunting. Bonus duck. Here's what I would have done. I'm telling you, this is why my better self would have would have just my better self would have. I'm bagged out. Uh, I'm done hunting. But in the back of my mind, when I see a game warden, I'm gonna say to that game warden, "Hey, I got one for you." And you're like, "I'm not gonna call him this time." <laughs> yeah, and be like, "Hey, I got one for you." Here's the thing that had me. What would have been your attitude to that? I wouldn't have shot another one, planning on arguing my way out of it. He'd be like, well, you'd be like, you get caught with too many ducks. You're like, well, you'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the thing you want to clarify first and then figure out, right? Yeah. Yeah. The third time, you, the third time you had uh, three regular mallards and one uh, bonus do, uh, domestic mallard, he might start asking questions. Yeah, carry a little white out with you or somewhere, just kind of make them a little different. <laughs> Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. 
To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Man, I'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in Wisconsin. Now, last year at youth turkey season, it rained and snowed the whole time. This year at youth turkey season, it was in the 70s and then even up to 80. So me and my kids are pouring it to it. And after a while, I realized they didn't drink anything all day and they haven't drank anything all day. Well, that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you, encourage you to get hydrated. Doesn't matter. Outdoor events, turkey hunting, playing sports, beach days, mountain adventures. Summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code meat eater at checkout that's 20 percent off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code meat eater at liquidiv.com looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life aura frames are beautiful wi-fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos these things are super cool as a gift Especially if you got mom, aunt, grandma, whoever, and you want to like keep them up to speed on what the family's up to, okay? It's easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. Named the best digital picture frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. You can share photos to the frame instantly from anywhere meaning you share videos photos from any device and they will instantly appear on the frame wherever it is in the world there's no memory card required right now aura has a great deal for mother's day listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get 30 dollars off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame that's a-u-r-a frames.com use code meat eater at checkout to save terms and conditions apply Here's one. This isn't ethical. This is a strategy. We've talked about this too. I know, okay, the subject line of the, the question is um, to pee or not to pee? Is that Hamlet or Macbeth? Uh, Hamlet. 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 To pee or not to pee in a tree stand? I know the subject line of this email is a little weird, but it gets right to my question. I hope it will help settle the years-long debate within the group I deer hunt with in Minnesota. When you're on stand for hours on end, should you refrain from peeing in the woods near your stand? Or does it really matter? He points out that he's uh, searching past articles on our website. Hmm, that's not on our website? Hmm. Hasn't found anything. Point that out. We should point that out to Spencer. 
Growing up hunting, my dad taught me to try to minimize your scent while out hunting and peeing near where you're going to be hunting was a big no-no. I still follow this rule today and I have to go on stand. And 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 if I have to go while on stand, I found that a large Gatorade bottle or milk jug. So he goes trucker right into a Gatorade bottle. Other guys pee at the base of their elevated stands. Please help me settle this debate. Oh, come on. The best one, though, is that yeah, some oh, guys have yeah. a funnel with a garden hose that is then, oh, that is yeah, then that dug into the ground at the base of the tree to really hide that. Sorry, I don't know how I missed that. That's I've a permanent seen, stand. I've seen other elevated stands that have a funnel in the corner of the stand attached to a garden hose that runs down into the ground. I'd check that for fetishists, man. <laughs> <laughs> After all that outhouse business we got into, I would check that hose for fetishists every time I went out there. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. keep it around, make sure there's not someone hiding in the leaves well, down let's there. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I know guys that pee on their scrapes that they make. Oh, you got that Durin urine. Buck right? If you got juice. Buckman juice, if you're Doug Durin, oh, yeah, that's buck. where the buck is going to be. Yeah. I, I like. I, I want. I, like. This seems like a. This seems like a real Mark Canyon question because you know I could picture him getting into it. But <laughs> I've I've heard I, I've like that that I've heard that like piss is piss for the most part, and there's some subtle differences, but it's kind of a volatile thing, and what you wind up with is it's you wind up with like ammonia. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter when I I don't do a ton of I, when I when I was young I peed out when I used to hunt off a tree sand for whitetails all the time I didn't pee out of it strategically I peed out of it out of expediency because we didn't do anything properly according to like contemporary understanding of like how to actually do everything you know no we did like no scent control or right? you just kind of the wind was blowing the wrong way that sucks honest, you, did, you uh. <laughs> You just spent some time in a tree stand in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. What were you doing? Peed a lot right out of the tree. Yeah. And uh, no no negative. Uh, right. And, and, and <clears throat> specifically paying attention to it, like within an hour, doze, downwind. And uh, I feel like I did a pretty good job. Like we had some company, I think Code Blue, maybe somebody had shipped a big box of stuff here. So I had some scent elimination type stuff with me and, Mostly I was spraying down my uh, first one or two uh, sticks that I was climbing on mm. because a couple years ago I you felt, had one smell I your felt like, I, yeah, she came right as soon as her nose got like parallel with that ladder. You know what else happened really? this year? They did. They actually went by my stand. So they actually came from downwind where I didn't think they'd come, went by my stand, didn't smell us. It was Tyler and I up in the tree together. And I had a trail camera on a trail, the trail that I was going to try to kill these deer on. And I didn't like where it was. And so I had moved it. Yeah. With gloves on, oh, moved it. Gloves. And they got ne- didn't like got next to that trail camera and just immediately like noses up in the air, looking around. Oh, not seeing it. Not was like, what the hell's that? No, no, no. Smelled my really? and that camera's been there for a year now. And, you had and, just and it. I had just touched it and that tipped him off. Really? But the mm-hmm. P didn't. No. P away, I say. I'm now, are you it. are you uh, dribbling her down the the tree, or are you you <laughs> shooting straight off? Because I'll dribble it down the tree on purpose, so oh, it's yeah. not to make noise, or I don't know why. 
<laughs> I shoot it. I shoot it at the tree because you can make some noise if you're uh, up there in dry leaves. You know, I'm in the saddle these days, so it's I usually just kind of turn ninety and, and just go. I never just thought ar- archer I, off into the yeah. Work. It's more fun that way. Try and keep it, it out is. of your bit. I think I was thinking about I don't know noise and like disper- I don't know, just like kind of. It seems we, like on you, the tree you'd leave a much larger like, and then you got to climb down that too. Which, as as we know, Stands an hour later, it's just strategy. ammonia. But if you're a fetisher, you might be into that. Yeah. Well, that's not where my mind was. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, I don't f- feel like I'm, I, I, I don't feel that like I'm climbing back down through it. Well, we're, like, we're a lot. Of I don't know how many tr- sides to a tree there are, but there are a lot of sides to a tree. Yeah, but you're, it, 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 it is. But you're bear hugging the tree as you climb down. One, two. Um, we're in the tree a lot of times with a uh, cinematographer, and so uh, that's hard peeing. Yeah, so it's better. It's just nicer to turn turn your back to mm. him and pee away from the tree. Yeah, that's the awkward situation. Can be. Yeah, they just looked around the tree, and you're like, "Oh, I'm just dribbling the- down the tree trunk here, bud. No, don't worry about me. <laughs> Sorry about your boot." <laughs> Uh, okay, that is that. Oh, okay, yeah. Hold on. Oh, we should before before we cap that off. I just uh, need to add that, in fact, our beloved oh, yeah, Patrick it. Durkin oh. has, in fact, written on this. It's a oh. 2018 article called "Human or Deer Urine? Does It Make a Difference?" Oh, so well, this guy must not that. be very good at internet searches. <laughs> maybe, maybe he didn't find this. It might not be. It might not be cataloged properly. So here's what Canyon had to say, Mark Canyon. All the research I've seen on this points to human urine being indistinguishable from deer or other critters after a very short period. So I just let it fly anytime, anywhere. I've not once seen a deer spook from it. I also pee in mock scrapes and I've seen bucks immediately start using them with no negative response. That says a lot. Clay, I've had mixed success peeing out of stands. That could be read a hundred ways. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't go well. Like dribbled got, down your leg. He's got yeah. shy bladder. He he <laughs> peed down his bibs. I don't know. Let's read on. <laughs> Is that all he wrote? No. End quote. <laughs> I thought that's what you were getting at. That's all he wrote. Back. <laughs> Just leave it at that. No, I had this recently, man. Where I was, there was a I was interviewed for an article recently. And it's like, I feel like if you're talking to a journalist, you could say, uh, you could say, I don't eat deer meat when I'm vomiting. Right. And you'd read the next day, be like, I don't eat deer meat, says Ranella. Uh, <laughs> I've had mixed success peeing out of stands. I've seen deer spook and not spook. Supposedly, after some period of time, the urine is indistinguishable. Interesting that the same word choice as Kenyon. From other mammal urine. However, I do like peeing in scrapes after a morning hunt. But if you plan to have deer within bow range of your tree, peeing out of the tree... Mm. See, this is screwing it up because Mm. now we should have read his first as a dissenting view and then given like overwhelming, but now we're leaving him with a seed of doubt. Yeah. But he contradicts himself. Like how can peeing in a scrape be good, but peeing out of a tree is bad. I don't understand. 
I, don't, I wish we hadn't even asked Clay. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do like oh, to read again. Clay says, "However, I do like peeing in scrapes after a morning hunt. But if you plan to have deer within bow range of your tree, peeing out of the tree isn't the best option, in my opinion. Then why in the world is it a good idea to pee into a scrape?" That's what I'm saying. I think they'd be even tougher to get them in bow range if they like it the in the scrape. Why wouldn't they like it next to your tree? That's if right. Clay thinks the way he thinks for real, you know what he ought to do? He ought to make a big pee funnel. Pee way out one way, pee way out the other way, and leave a pee gap right at your tree. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just something that you eat and down channel there, like them in. okra or something. Don't eat any okra, and you'll be good. Uh-huh. Did you hear that Jerry Clower line that uh, when he was a kid, they ate so much boiled okra, their socks wouldn't stay up? Yes! <laughs> that was so good. Okay, here's what we want to do for uh, here's what we want to do to to get everybody rolling on 2023. Um, we want to talk about impactful things from 2022 and and how they may have uh, changed your your perspective, changed your life course, right? Mm-hmm. And it's important because this way you live you live a introspective life. And you try to make sense out of stuff. So that was what everybody was tasked to do. Who wants to start? It's a big task. Oh, yeah. It, I still it, haven't thought of mine. It was. <laughs> I can't think of one. I mean, I got a bunch, but I can't think of which one is the most impactful thing. I, I know what it should be, but I can't. It, it wouldn't seem impactful to anybody. You should try us. Okay. Get, the, get the ball rolling. Because there's all the, yeah. Uh, 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 Too much context? No, no, no. No, it'd be like saying, um, it'd be like saying, uh, that was the most important day of my life, except when I got married and had kids. You know what I mean? Where you gotta, right? You talk about a thing and then people are like, yeah, but what about whatever? Like when Chester goes, he's going to do his big concert, not having his kid. And then people are going to condemn him. I can tie them both in there in a way. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So who's going first, Brody? Sure. I can go first. Okay. Um, what happened to you in 2022 that you feel will change your course? Uh, taking my wife on her first successful hunt ever. Uh, she drew an ant. Well, we both drew antelope tags for out in eastern Montana and uh, planned a hunt for opening weekend of antelope rifle season. Um, she she'd been she's been hunting a couple times before. Giannis almost put her on a turkey a couple years ago, but um. She didn't really show any interest in hunting until we moved to Montana a few years ago and kind of slowly took more interest in it. Why didn't she want to hunt Colorado when you guys had all that hunting right out of your door? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. It's a good question. Maybe it's all this. You know what I think it is? What? Your kids are getting older and it's not such a pain in the ass anymore. Probably. Yeah. You start to think about, it gives you a chance to think about something else. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And... Over the uh, the pandemic, she took her hunter safety course because it was something to do. Mm-hmm. You could do it online, you know, the whole thing. Anyway, she drew the tag. We both drew antelope tags. We went out to eastern Montana. And I was, like, nervous, man. Like, I did not – like, I don't get that way taking my kid hunting. I, I have old – I have friends who started hunting late in life that, like, I, I didn't ever get nervous taking them. Um, because I knew like if things went badly, I just had a feeling 
it's something she would never do again. Like if she ended up having a horrible time or wounded an animal and we didn't get it. It's very that was very much like weighing on me, like putting things together in a way that everything went well. But we, I, I mean, neither of us knew up until the moment she pulled the trigger if she would even pull the trigger. She might decide it's not something she wanted to do. Um, so anyway, we went out. We had a couple stocks like right off the bat at first light, and I was kind of glad they didn't work out. Because you want to, like, get some experience in there. It, you don't want to be, like, first hunt, step off the road, boom, it's over. Yeah, and then she'd be like, wow, let's go to the big deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we chased a bunch of antelope around for two or three hours, got busted, you know, a couple of times it didn't work out. And then late morning, I saw a little buck, a doe, and a fawn, like, laying against the base of this little knob. They were in the perfect spot to like come up behind them on top of the hill and shoot down on that little buck. Um, but man, I was like heart pounding, like very worried about how it was going to go. It was just the dichotomy between like the husband wife thing was different, man. It, it was cause like, you thought you were afraid she was going to cripple one up or miss one. It, I wasn't so mer- much worried about missing like that. I think would be easier to get through than wounding one. Um, and, and you're like, the whole time, you're acting like you would not act with a buddy. Like, I'm not saying, like, hurry up. Don't you see him? Like, you know things. You, you weren't doing that. I was not. Huh. I was like. I would have been doing that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I can't. What exactly is the problem? Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I can't act like that. There's Like, I can't make this into something, like getting in a fight over the dishes at home. Like if I start irritating her in a way like that, like it's just not going to be good. Um, so it ended up all working out. Like it's a short shot, hundred yards, the animal, he runs a little ways and tips over and she was freaking out that because he ran, he was wounded, but it all worked out. Um, and I, and I don't know, man, the whole thing like taught me, maybe I should be acting like that around other people, not just my wife when I'm out hunting with them, like be more patient, kind of realize that not everyone has the experience. Not everyone can see the game the way, you know what I mean? You hearing this, Yanni? Brody's going to turn nice. That's not, I'm not saying that. There's still start petting all dogs. Like the whisper yelling is (laughs) not, it's not going to end, but it was definitely like, Maybe there's something to that, like taking things a little slower, explaining things a little better, uh-huh. you know? Oh, it goes a long way. Yeah. 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 People like that. See, yeah, because I find Patience. myself yelling. I like yell at my kid about the need to be calm, but which is a contradiction. <laughs> Think about if it was Katie, you would not like. Oh, dude, I'd be walking on eggshells, man. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. We were, Oh, my God. I'd be like. I'm yeah, like, it was. Well, you know, I could see why you're doing it that way. <laughs> right. But, you know, another way to look at it would be that you'd walk quietly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, you know, now that but she's. But I, I totally see your point. Yeah. Just I mean, I see thought, why. Yeah, just a thought. <laughs> um, you know, and it was emotional for her, which I'm not saying it's not emotional for me, but to see a, an adult in their 40s, like their reaction to the, their first ever kill as a big game animal. It's an animal, it's not a squirrel. Mm-hmm. Or even a turkey, you know, 
it's different. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'll take away a lot of lessons from that. When I took my wife squirrel hunting for the first time, she hit one in the ear. And uh, it left a little blood trail in the snow, right. but we couldn't find it. Oh, that tore her up. Mm -hmm. She thought it was more binary. Right. She thought it's like it dies Ooh. or it gets away. Yep. She didn't yep. know about an ear shot. Yeah. Then I told her, I don't, I don't really know, but that that, that squirrel's going to be fine. In spite of the little drips of blood yep. that it came off as the ear, but you like got him in the ear. Like ear hole. Pe no, like e like pierced his ear. Oh, I gotcha. No, not the ear hole. Like, <laughs> like, like creased its yeah. ear area. Pierced his ear. Oh, I'm pierced his ear. I'm surprised that little, little blood trail. Yeah, I did in the snow. You know, mm. by my mom's place. That gets me excited to go hunt. But I watched squirrels. that squirrel for a long time <laughs> running up and down, you know, getting away. But yeah, it creased him. It creased mm -hmm. his little melon. She felt horrible. Yeah, he'll be all right. Crunched him. So you're going to start being super nice to everybody? No. <laughs> no, she she got her first hunt out. Now I can, now I can like act like I normally would. But no, it, it taught me a lot. Like you take for granted the experience you have, you know? Sure. And you can't just act like you do with people. What exactly is the problem? <laughs> You know, what exactly is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. It was good. Or another thing you'll do is you get like really condescending. <laughs> Not you. One. One will get really condescending where you're like, okay, so tell me where you're not getting it. Like there's a deer in front of us. Right? Do you see the deer? Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, stuff like different, no, I different don't approaches see like that I find to be very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather have me shoot the deer? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. It's yeah. nice to be able to go hunting with your wife. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be something she's, you know, she's not going to be out there filling four or five tags a year, but if she does one big game hunt and a turkey hunt in the spring, that'd be great. It would be good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be done hunting in a couple of years. Yeah, just it, it you start all my, getting busy, all my man. Kids. Well, yeah. all my kids. I mean, that's the thing is, uh, you start getting those tags filled from other people, and all your time's taken up doing that. Yeah, my boy, he got he got four big game animals in twenty twenty two. Jeez, like, that's two more than I did. Yep, it's like I, I'm about I, I'm I'm wrapping her up. Yeah, we pulled in a couple <laughs> extra big game animals, a couple turkeys. So yeah. imagine when I, you know, I'll pretty soon I'll have three hunters. I won't hunt anymore. Nope, you're going to have to be <clears throat> nice. I don't know. You got pretty lucky with, with uh, James, and he seems to respond well to your condescending technique, but the other two might not. Yeah, no, that's what might. I was going to ask, because like, Rosie's going to be up she's this year. She's fired, but she's fired up. Do you anticipate having to handle I'm gonna act totally. No, I'm going to act totally different with her than her brother. Right. That's what I was wondering. Way different. Eggshells part two. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to act totally different. With but she's... She got a turkey last year, didn't she? She's killed two turkeys. Yeah, yeah. But so no, not... hunting big game, I'm going to act different. I just know I will mm -hmm. because there's just a dynamic. It's like yeah. you try not like I don't have the I don't have the dynamic of being that that like I want her to go hunt like more than I want my boy to go mm -hmm. right because I I want I don't want to fall prey like I want her to feel compelled to yep. do it and not fall into this like boy girl right. crap. However, I, I, I just know that I'll act different to her. Yeah. I'm just more, I mean, like, I'm just flat out, I'm more tolerant. Yeah. I'm more tolerant with her than I am. I mean, I, I like, I act out my, 
I've taken my dad's role and I've given my kid my role and, and it just, we're in the trap mm-hmm. of the, we're in the father son trap. Yeah. I do find that I <laughs> and explain, I'm like, not in it with my daughter. <laughs> I explain things a lot more than my dad did to me with my son who's hunting now. Like, yeah. I, I feel like it was just like, do this back in the old days and you just did that. But now I find myself saying why we're doing things, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Hunter. <laughs> so yeah, this year was um, my first time going past Tennessee to hunt west. Okay. So I grew up uh, on the Chesapeake Bay, and so saltwater fishing, Chesapeake Bay, Outer Banks, hunting in Virginia, um, North Carolina, and Tennessee. So as soon as I came on the mediator, you know, instantly you got work colleagues, friends, you know, getting tags. So kind of get into that. I had been putting in over the last couple of years tags. Unsuccessful, unsuccessful. This year, I got success on a rifle tag for a pronghorn. Now, I started watching videos, trying to get myself, you know, excited about it. And and I was, and then it instantly kind of turned into like, well, now what the hell am I going to do? Didn't want to bug anybody in the office, you know, it was to what to do. So in August, um, I went with Hayden. Why would you not want to bug anybody? I would have bugged the shit out of everybody. <laughs> That's yep. why you work here. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, I just figured everybody's got, you know, they've got their own tags. They've got things going on. And then the last thing they need is a hanger on her to, you know, well, going forward after this event. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you, you just wouldn't want to go hunting and have someone just yell condescending things into your ear while you have animals. In so front you, of you do realize we're hunting, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how the story kind of felt like it was getting to in a minute. Um, but yeah, in August, um, Hayden had drawn a um, archery tag mm-hmm. for pronghorn. So that was like my first, you know, situational experience. I quickly realized after about a day, who the hell's going to, you know, stalk a rocket ship in a flat field with a bow? It just mm. seemed, it seemed like it was impossible. So I kind of knew that like that trip, it was, my task was like spotting on the scope and giving pep talks on blown stalks. <laughs> you, you got it, buddy. You'll, you'll get the next one. Um, just takes one. Just, it just takes one or 20. Um, but yeah, like inside of my head, I was kind of going, man, you got it made with this rifle tag. I, 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 I mean, not like in a cocky way, but just in yeah, a way. Yeah, like that, all these, all these pronghorn, yeah. he's can't get with his they, bow. They, I would have given them all the yeah. rifle. I just thought, well, I'm, I'm going to tag out day one or two. <laughs> I might as well go ahead and put Hayes taxidermy into my phone. You know, this, <laughs> it's going to be, you know, easy. It's going to be a giant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I haven't gotten them yet, but right, I just right. want to get a price. It, exactly. <laughs> Let, let me know, John. But so come October, you know, two months later, that confidence level starts sinking a little bit. Probably not unlike when you felt confident going to the open up for Trampled by Turtles and then come showtime, that nerve starts kicking. So um, day one, um, you know, I'm kind of I'm in a local unit around here, which I kind of learned quickly that the pronghorn or going to be mainly out towards the eastern side of the state. In the open country. In the open country. So I'm I'm kind of basically day one hitting little BMAs and state state pieces. And I did see a small herd, but they were so far on private and they weren't going to get to public 
anytime soon, and they didn't that day. Day two and three, I didn't see anything. Now, confidence levels dropping. I'm getting in my head. Time's ticking. Holy shit. I got so excited for this tag that, you know, it's going to be uh, going to be flying back with tag soup. Got to call the tax. There was backup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so never mind. Try to get your deposit back. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, 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 it was, it, it made me think in my head, I'm like, you know, okay, a lesson learned here would have been study the shit out of the units. Know what's got more access than others and, and what holds, you know, whatever you're hunting for. The only question I had when I read your story earlier yeah. in, in the notes was right here. Okay. Because I figured someone gave you advice on where to apply. You didn't just pick, Potentially. pick this unit out of, out of a hat and apply right, for right, it. Right, right, right. So I want to know who's to blame, who after the podcast I can go point my finger at and go, why'd you tell them to go get there? Uh, I thought so. So and I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important point, though, because I think a lot of people that are planning their first Western hunt, they may not do the kind of research. Yeah. You need, like, you might find an, a unit that's easy to draw for, like, whatever. Right, right, Deer right. or antelope. There might be a reason why it's easy to draw, because yeah. there's no public land, you know? Yeah. Listen, I did the exact same thing on a mountain range nearby here. I won't name any. And it was it was a pronghorn tag, too. It's like my first or second year here. And Dan Doty, the old producer of Meteor, and I were like, look at this. It's like almost 100%. It's so close. Yeah. And we got the tags. We were like, sweet, we're partying. Right. And then we started driving around and literally could not access a single piece of public land. Yeah. Not a one. In the end, we ended up going down a road that, judging by the map, it was pretty much open. And got into one and shot two pronghorn bucks, yeah. left, and the next day we're like, oh, that's right, two other people in the office had also applied for the same tag. We're like, let's come back here. This is awesome. We got a spot. We get there, locked gate. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we had, we had done a little bit of trespassing to oh, get to the state land. I got you. You know, um, but uh, anyways, so you're not, you're not alone in this. Yeah, yeah. It's a common mistake, I think. So all through the first three days, um, you know, Garrett had Garrett Long had texted me, and and I had a a, a good relationship with Garrett. In fact, that he's probably who I dealt with the most over the last couple of years. So I tell him no, you know, no luck, no luck. Day four comes along, and he's like, "Hey, I've got some permission on a private piece." Um. So my confidence level starts to go back up. I'm like, okay, I'll have Garrett with me. You know, he'll he'll be good to have there. Text to the taxidermist back. Again. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's when I realized that I'm now I'm really letting shit get in my head because now I see it. Now I'm saying, okay, this is actually going to happen. I've got Garrett here, who I naturally would feel completely comfortable with, but with this being my first tag, I felt the pressure of like, man, I. I He's gone out of his way to get the permission. I got to get this done. Well, I missed the first shot. Couldn't believe it. I was just, you know, shook up. And this particular field is How got, far away was it? Probably about 267, 270. Was it because of... <laughs> did you, that sounds a little bit like what he like, told me as we walked like back a, to the truck like that golf night. term. You might not know. but yeah. When you were bearing down on him, was it like... Were there nerves? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My breathing was yeah. out of control, heart going through my chest, you know, just 
everything the build up of like this being the first western hunt was uh, all happening right there did he ask you what exactly was the problem <clears throat> in a little bit he did <laughs> so i shot and there's this sort of like um crested ridge that runs through like dissects the center of this property well they had taken off off the backside <clears throat> and i couldn't see them adrenaline still pumping well all of a sudden the buck must have turned and comes right up to the ridge line about 75 yards from me. So now I'm a wreck. I'm trying to swing around. I got bipod legs flailing everywhere. And I'm looking through a scope that, <clears throat> because I'm just worried that he's going to bolt, magnified way too much. Couldn't get him in, in, in the scope. Missed two. Now, but I thought you couldn't get him in the scope. Just because, you know, it was so magnified, and I'm just trying to find him and locate him in that scope quickly. But then you found him. I found him, and yeah. Well, how is the missing him related to not being able to find him? I don't know. Just general flusteredness. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Because you didn't just shoot without finding him in there. No, 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 no. That's sure way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The wheels have fallen off. Oh, they way off. <clears throat> and, I, and I remember, and at this point, I'm not sure if, if F-bombs flew out, or I, I think... What happened was I just kind of like pulled my head down and stared at the dirt, and I just said, "Hey, uh, Garrett, can we not mention this to Steve?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't heard it till now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I know I can count on him. But uh, yeah. So on the way back, walking to the truck, he was like, "Man, buddy, that was a big buck." <laughs> he was like, "I said, how close was that? How close was he on this? Uh, probably seventy. You could have thrown a rock at him." Oh, no. You know, just kind of ribbing me having fun. So <laughs> day four comes along, and they're in the same exact spot. So I'm like, all right, I remember where I screwed up on day three. I'm going to do this all over. But this time I'm further. I'm probably 380, 390. I'm on the other side of the property shooting over two ridges, and they're on, <clears throat> on the ridge line. Do you check your rifle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all good there. Um, we sat there for like 20 minutes. I felt calm. So I, I could rule out, you know, and I can't, I can't explain it. I don't know why. <laughs> Miss three. Oh. And at this point, now it's not, I, I, I can't look at it and go, oh, it was because I was flustered or whatever. I can't explain why it happened. And I'm embarrassed. You know, I'm just like crushed. I, I just yeah, yeah. want to tuck tail and walk off. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's great at consoling. So <laughs> final day and, and I'm, I'm a wreck, you know I mean? I'm, I talked to my wife that night on the phone and she's trying to talk me off the ledge. You'll be fine. Got one more day. And I'm thinking, you know how the other days went. The next day starts off horrible. I got, I haven't had a nosebleed since I was a kid and it was just <laughs> pouring out of my nose, trying to get out of the house <clears throat> to go meet him. I'm shoving Kleenex in my nose, trying to lace my boots. Just an inexplicable nosebleed yeah. from the dryer. From dryer. So I guess it is explicable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lacing out my boots and 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 head off and and I meet them and there they are again. It, you know, and it's these like, guys never learn. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think they were worried at that point. <laughs> They're like, listen. Yeah. Someone might shoot over here, but just yeah. just, pay, just, pay, yeah. just never mind. Stay calm. Yeah. Just stay you're, calm. You're good. You're good. So, um, he Garrett's there for a little bit, and he's like, "Well, hey, buddy, I got a meeting. I got to go go to." And I, I thought, "All right, that's cool." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, he probably just can't stand to see me yeah. miss a fourth time." 
So, um, yeah, I'm there by myself, and I'm seeing him on the ridgeline. And like I said, the way that it crests, I'm trying to say, okay, well, if they come off my side, I'm good. But if they go off the backside, I've got to somehow manage to get all the way around to the other side of the property before they get off the line. Came off to my side. Long story short, crawled quickly into position, got in the corner. First shot, perfect, right behind the shoulder. How far? I think I was about 280, 290 on that okay. one, maybe. Um, so a good poke. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the rest of them took off, and he just stood there for a second and then just dropped. Um, and Garrett was there or not there? Not there on that one. So, so he, I don't know if he meant I got to leave in a minute, but he, he left. Got yeah, he had already left. So I, I was there glassing him for probably about an hour, hour and a half. And as a matter of fact, he had just texted me like maybe five minutes before. He's like, hey, you see anything? I'm like, no, they're still there. No, I, don't, I think no sooner did I kind of like look down for a second, look up. They had gotten up and started kind of walking to the line. Um, yeah, so I, I made sure, uh, you know, that he was down and uh, called my wife, felt that was the right thing to do first. Mm. Thank, thanks for the pep talk. Quickly called Garrett because I wanted to sort of redeem myself after those those days. He was excited and chucked it in the back of the rental vehicle. <laughs> gutted it and then chucked it in the back of the rental vehicle. Learned that trying to take pictures when you're by yourself and setting timers on your phone to, to prop it up on your pack and try to get a picture sucks. Um, but yeah, toss it in the rental vehicle. Um, took it back to Hayden's and started cutting up as quick as I could. Had to delay my flight an extra day. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, I wanted to make sure I got it frozen. But um but yeah, no, I, I was I was excited. Finally got to make that call to, to John and send it up there. Um, so John Hayes is going to do, what's he going to do to it? He's going to do, it wasn't a shoulder mount, but it was like a shoulder mount. And normally I would do a, a, a Freedom or, you know, Euro mount. Uh, but I, with this just being my first Western sure, yeah. hunt, I wanted to do something special. Um, so yeah, I was very excited about that. And I'll quickly recap my second hunt. Um, I won't, I won't go as long into it, but, um, went to Nebraska probably 16 days after that to Jordan Buds. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. And, um, so I took my wife out there and we were out there for a week and, uh, ironically the Nebraska episode for Meat Eater aired while I was there. Um, so there I was sitting out in the exact same field that you guys were hunting watching it in her truck on her phone with her. And I, and, and listeners, I'm not blowing smoke because Steve's sitting here, but your demeanor in that episode, just talking about like telling Jordan, hey, I'm having a great time. It's no big oh, deal. Oh, she's that, sweating it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that she's sweating it. And then telling her at the end, you know, it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't about that for me on this trip. It just, it kind of just was like a turning point in my head, you know, just kind of resonated. Um so I didn't feel that like pressure mm -hmm. that I had on the pronghorn hunt. Um, had a good time, laughed the whole time. Last day, buzzer beater. Last hour of my hunt before we had to pack up and head to Rapid City. Um, yeah, beautiful buck starts coming up the riverbed. And uh, this was an archery tag and <clears throat> got to about 40 yards and let it fly and 
Perfect shot. Really? Yeah. Crunched. Oh, how did you know that? With Crunched. The bow. <laughs> yeah. Crunched. Archery. It. I didn't That's know awesome, that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Way to go. So you sent me the pronghorn, but you didn't send me that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah. And really? and it was it was great being there. Um, whether I mean, well, it, did your wife hunt? Yeah, she hunted. As a matter of fact, she had seen that same buck. I didn't realize it when I shot it that it was the same buck, but she had sent me a picture, and he was out of range on like the second day, and um, I was like, man, wow. Hope you get to see him again. And show me the picture. Um, so yeah. Did you get along with Jordan? You didn't get in a fight with Jordan? No, no. She's <laughs> she's uh she's great. Uh I have my um I don't know if you'll be able to tell in this picture, but see if you recognize. Um let me turn it real quick. Did uh Garrett or Jordan <laughs> speak oh, condescending yeah. words into your ears as you were trying to shoot? At these animals? He was in a tree stand by himself. Um, I was in a pop-up blind, actually. Well, that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's, That's great, man. Yeah, she said, you recognize the bino harness? Oh, I didn't look. I was looking at the deer. So I'm the, see if you. No. It's yours. Oh, is that the one the, from the thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was... Kind of deemed it my good luck charm. Oh, that's great, man. So that was from the auction house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So no, it was it was great. And um I definitely and I, I don't really know how to practice it, but I think getting the, the my big takeaway was like, yeah, you, you need to prep physically, but man, mentally, it just seems like if you can let it get in your head or you can you can nosedive quick. Mm. Um I would like to work on not having last eight kills before you have to take off. Cause yeah. that, that's a little stressful. But yeah. Keeping your head right. Yeah. 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 So it was great. Excited. Excited to be in this room with you guys sharing it. I mean, person I probably influenced me the most and you know, it's kind of cool not being in here talking about an art project, but actually talking about, you know, speaking the same language that you awesome. guys talk about every week. Thanks, so. man. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> you should definitely try to work yourself into a hunt with Steve to get to experience that, <laughs> what it's like to be, you know, constantly put down. <laughs> you, you want the wheels to fold off in the first 30 minutes of that Yeah, hunt. yeah. You just, forged by you know, fi- you'll be forged by fire. Yeah. That's right. Every hunt after that will be, you want to talk about, yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it. So that you don't have, you don't, your wheels will never fall off again after one hunt with Steve. Yeah. Everything else will just seem like cakewalk. Yeah. It's right? like, a, it's yeah, like, like a, when people are afraid of flying and they strap them into those planes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a guy girl thing, but, but when Steve took me spearfishing, I didn't experience any of that. I think I, I could. Well, he even... can't talk to you through the water, Corinne. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I was being no, nice as shit. He was yeah, trying to he was I trying was, to do things with bubbles, but, but you just not, weren't getting the message. Spearfish is not like that for me. Okay. It's only uh-huh. big game hunt. Well, squirrel hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, squirrel for some reason, too. I don't get that feeling with spearfishing. Because I was probably like frustrating the hell out of you. I couldn't even stay in the same place. No, for I don't more get than that. I don't seconds. get that super like bloodlust okay. like I get okay. hunting where I just want someone to get something <laughs> bad. <laughs> Hold up. 
Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash me eater looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life aura frames are beautiful wi-fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos these things are super cool as a gift especially if you got mom aunt grandma whoever and you want to like keep them up to speed on what the family's up to okay it's easy to upload and share photos via the aura app and if you're giving an aura as a gift You can even personalize the frame with pre-loaded photos and memories. Named the best digital picture frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. You can share photos to the frame instantly from anywhere, meaning you share videos, photos from any device, and they will instantly appear on the frame wherever it is in the world. There's no memory card required right now. Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code MEATEATER at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, heads up all you anglers. Montana Casting Company is a performance fly rod and reel company based right here in Montana, based in Helena. After building custom fly rods for more than 25 years, Montana native and lifelong fly fisherman Scott Joyner decided to apply his knowledge in designing three performance-driven fly rod models. These rods were designed to be performance rods and to withstand the abuse that a fishing guide's equipment endures day in, day out. Their fly rods are named after Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks fishing access sites, which is such a cool idea. And each model of fly rod is a tribute to Montana's rugged beauty and adventurous spirit. Their rods capture the look, feel, and craftsmanship of a custom-built fly rod. Montana Casting Company fly rods have been developed to achieve the perfect balance of performance, durability, and legacy quality craftsmanship head to montanacastingco.com and use code meateater20 at checkout for a one-time 20 percent off discount yeah i've been spear fishing with steve and it's been great speaking of that head headspace just like yeah you're talking about 2022 has been like an incredible year uh some of the highlights were was actually spear fishing for me when i was in Hawaii and Louisiana, kind of like ground 
breaking moments where you can like if you put your head and your mind to anything you can you can make a lot happen if you calm your nerves and whatnot from going from not being able to break the surface in Louisiana to like diving right a decent amount but anyways that was a highlight and um can, like, can, I, can I interrupt real quick on that thought yeah Greg Fonts early on when I started hanging out with him explained to me that um if there's something wrong with you, spearfishing is where you'll find it. <laughs> Meaning like all, there's no hiding from anything. Yeah. Total, like in a total health perspective. Mm-hmm. You know It'll what I mean? find you. Yeah. Like mentally, <laughs> physically. Yeah. He's just like, if there's a problem, it'll emerge. <laughs> it'll emerge there. Huh. Dude, that's interesting though, because after I learned how to dive, a little bit, right? I don't, I felt very calm, very, very calm, but I just had to do something that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, which was open up for a band called Trampled by Turtles, which all of you guys probably already know this story. Corinne, long story short, Corinne hooked Got my number to Dave Simonette, who is the lead singer for Trampled by Turtles. This was in July. This is my wife is pregnant. We're sitting on the couch, and I get a text from Dave saying, basically, do you want a gig? Do you want to play Hold some on, did music? Corinne pitch you to Dave? Mm, uh-uh. No. No, Dave, he just reached out. Dave he was just like, what re- do you think about so, my idea? So those guys actually use the word gig. He used the word gig. Well, who reached out to who? Dave sent texted me with an idea. And said, and he was like, what do you think about this? And, you know, like, should I ask him? And, you know, if yes, like, should I, can I have his uh, contact information? And immediately I just thought it was the best idea ever. And That's really awesome, Chester. That makes it even better. They're searching you out. Yeah, well, he had seen like a video of Chester singing and he just thought he was really talented. That's what you told me. <laughs> Dude, anyways, like, if people, like, I am not, I learned how to play guitar a couple years ago, and I picked it up, and I was like, I want to learn how to play this for my wife at the wedding. And I learned, you know, the basic chords, and I took some online stuff, tried to take lessons, ended up playing the show. I would have never in a million years thought I would be standing in front of like 16, 1700 people two years later with a guitar in my hand trying to get through a set list. Like, never in a million no. years. Be so like, you girls get away. <laughs> 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 let's run out the back, Carl. Yeah, let's get out of here, Carl. It's getting crazy. Um, so Dave texts me and I'm sitting on the couch with my wife. And like I said, we were pregnant and he said, you Want to open for a... She was. She was. She was pregnant. I don't know why I always say that, but yes, I was not pregnant. It was my wife. And uh, he said, do you want a gig December 1st? And it's July. And I thought about it, and she was jumping up and down saying, you have to do it. You have to do it. So I called Dave back, and I said, I think I'm going to do it, but I really got to buckle down. So... I just played guitar as much as I could. I hadn't played in front of anybody. I did a few sets at the same restaurant in Bozeman twice, in the Bridger Brewing, 
They went okay, but... And then you're saying you played at Bridger Brewing again, but a different branch. Yes. And a different it, branch location, so yeah. it was like two shows. Yeah, they, they really helped me out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked Carl to do this with me, Carl Hansen. He works with us, and he's uh, he plays in some metal bands and things like that, and I just needed some help, you know, to help me along on this. So we got a set list together, and we practiced... Um, I don't know, once a week starting in September maybe is when we started practicing with Carl and the days are ticking down. And another element to this is we thought we were going to have our child this, uh, when was it? November 19th, which would be 10 days before this gig was actually supposed to happen in Atlanta, Georgia. So I didn't really... I've never had a kid, and it hadn't really hit me of how hard that would have actually been if our first son was born on that date. He came four weeks early, October 19th, which is actually just like a blessing in disguise because I was able to help my wife out with that first week or two, which is extremely challenging. Um, I was able to be at home. I was able to practice more, which if I wasn't able to be at home, I don't know if I would have... It would have been hard to to do pull this off, I think. So everything worked out. And here it is. We Carl and I flew down to Atlanta, Georgia with I had two guitars and he had his bass, a little tambourine on one foot and a <laughs> kick drum on his other foot. And uh we show up at this this theater, the Buckhead Theater in Atlanta, and I walk in there and it's like full on rock star, like Green room's really nice. There's fog. You walk in and there's like fog rolling out of the door from the smoke machine. You know, we get badges. Um, the whole trample guys are Do they there. have like tins of chew all laid out for you and stuff in the green room? <laughs> no, I could have. No. Looking back, I could have asked for that, but they had... Uh, Put it I, in your, your rider contract? That yeah. You, you, no mint. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I just asked for some light beer and water. Um I could have asked for a little more knowing, but <laughs> I didn't need much. So Carl and I show up there, and the trampled guys are out on stage um, doing sound check. And I walked out where the crowd would be standing, and it is like full on, just obviously a legit setup. They got like props and lights, and the sound guy's working his magic, and it's like bumping, like people are going to be able to hear me kind of thing. <laughs> Things start to set in, um, and we do sound check, and I'm not nervous at all. And uh, we do sound check, and it goes pretty well. I was calm, and, and things were working out, and you know I was getting all amped and excited. We go back to the green room. The hours start ticking by. People start showing up. You know, my heart's starting to kind of do this. My breathing's a little bit, it's a little harder to breathe. I tune my guitar. This is a moment when it really hit me backstage. And I walk out onto the stage and there's already a crowd out there. Not a full room, but I walk out there and all of a sudden I hear, Chester, yeah, like, <laughs> woo. There's like a line of people in front just to see me, like, they showed up early, obviously heard 
about it on the podcast and stuff. Oh. And it was great. Like, I was like, hey, guys, like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I get back, you know, in the green room. I'm just like, holy cow, here it goes, you know. And uh, Carl's all jacked and giving me a pep talk and whatnot. And I walk out on stage for the first song. And I don't know why I get like this sometimes, but I am nervous. It makes me nervous a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> but my leg was shaking a little bit. Um, I felt like I couldn't feel my fingers, you know, and... We, I that sounded like when Seth got mercury poisoning from all that tuna. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's like the exact same. Yeah, Are was, you sure you just didn't have mercury poisoning? <laughs> yeah, I was like, did I eat some tuna before this? <laughs> Anyways, like, that's not a good feeling. but Especially when you got to play with your hands. Yes. And they go numb on you. <laughs> yeah. And I got through the first song, and I'm saying I got through it. People will say I did great, but I'm, I missed some notes and things like that. I sang it, got through all all the lyrics and whatnot, and uh, it was kind of a relief. Because then after that, I introduced ourselves, how we got there. The crowd, I can't thank them enough. It was They were absolutely fantastic. And it's a good thing that, you know, we mentioned it, Steve mentioned it, because if it was just like a trampled by Turtles crowd, who knows? They might not have been as... as uh, Warming. Well, that's one know. thing I noticed. I wasn't there, but I watched a lot of the videos, and the crowd was being super respectful and listening. And that's kind of a hit or miss thing at concerts yep. with, with the opening act. They could just be on their phones and talking to their friends and everything, but everyone was locked in. It, it was, was great. A yeah, we we fluffed crowd. we fluffed the Dickens out of them on this show, though. I mean, we promoted it too, so we kinda, right. And everybody knew not to expect too much of you. <laughs> yeah, because you downplayed it. <laughs> no, down, no. Chess no. was like, I'm gonna go down there and rock their world. You know, but let, no matter what you did, if Chester had gotten up there and it sucked, yeah, they would have been on their phones. That's the world we live oh, in today, and they would have like been no chatting mercy. with their buddies. They would have gone to go get more beers or whatever. But I, but we I, all, yeah, but I also think well, well, a performer is more than just the work. And Chester's a very lovable person. Yeah, so I feel like it'd be harder to disrespect Chester than someone else. Yeah, but most of those people didn't know Chester. That's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean... They liked you, Chester. They liked your voice. Don't think that I'm saying... No, I'm not saying he didn't do a good job. I'm not saying he did a good job. I'm saying he, like, he brings goodwill from the world. 100%. I try. I definitely try. I try and make that an effort. Um, But, yeah, so I I introduced ourselves, and uh, the crowd was, like, like you said, very much so listening I made, I mean, I was like making eye contact with people and, um, did the show go perfect as an, like an, uh, performer? No. Um, but I got done with every song, everyone cheered. Did you feel like, like as you progressed down the line, like you got looser and more comfortable and like it it got easier as you went along? Yep. That shaking went away. Um, I was, on my, oh, I was starting to, I was starting to smile, you know, like yeah. I, I walked out there and I was like, yeah, a little stiff, a little yep. stiff, but, but you could tell like the crowd was getting into it. Whoever, I think Steve had shared the video or somebody. Oh no, people were loving. You could see their heads, and, you know, moving. And Dave sent me, as he was on stage, Dave sent me a text. He was happy as hell and you had just gotten started. That's great. Dave, it, Dave was 
awesome. I actually asked him, this was Carl's idea. He's like, what do you think about playing one of their songs? And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah. So we learned um, one of their songs. It's, uh, that was the clip well, I put I got on Instagram. years of living, buying how I choose. I ain't never been a gambler because I'm always bound to lose. But uh, we played that one up there, and uh, Dave was kind of like, all right. And those guys are like, you're pretty ballsy for opening up with one of our songs. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really glad we did Hold it. Hold on, you didn't ask him? <laughs> no, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I looked at their set list, and he said, "I'd be, we'd be honored. But, you know, oh, okay. I could tell that the other band guys were like, Chester All did right. a mic drop and just said, done. But I'm really happy that he let me do that because people knew the words to that song. And mm. after they sang that, it definitely loosened me up. And I was, I think I even said like, all right, this is starting to actually be fun. <laughs> I think I said that on the, on the mic. So are you going to get more, um, have you got any more gigs? Uh, See how I, I have, word in there? I have no more gigs. But what I, what I did learn from this experience is that like, if you put your mind to something, you can almost do anything if you really put your mind to it and dig down. I mean, I had to deal with that little bit of anxiety, which I absolutely hate, and I knew I was maybe going to have that, but I've, the more you do this stuff, I feel like the more relaxed I'll get, and my goal now is to get good at guitar. Like, before... I kind of skipped a whole bunch of stuff, you know what I mean? But you you have to learn your craft before you get fancy. Um, and I kind of ended up trying to get fancy. I think the quote is, um, learn to play guitar, then get sexy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think that was given to, it was either given or came from someone from um, Leonard Skinner, if I'm not mistaken. But I like the quote mm -hmm. a lot. So I'm going to do more gigs. I actually had a great time, and it was fun. And I, there's so much room for improvement and so much, like, just playing that gig definitely helped me grow as a person hmm. um, and, like, focus on the task at hand, good practice. It just, I don't know, it, it's a great experience. Yeah. And I'm going to now get good at guitar. Because you're already sexy. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, do you feel that there's like a, a compromise or a deal to be made between fishing and guitar playing? No, no. I, I've you got to stay true to fishing? Stay true to fishing for sure. It's just like 20 minutes a day of good practice. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between going and playing that same song over and over, but if you like focus on let's say cross picking or flat picking and just work on tech your picking technique for 15 minutes a day yeah it's amazing you want to be like Eddie Van Halen doubt that but mm. definitely Im improvement you know and uh all that said and done like appreciate my wife for being very supportive and it's a real thing once you actually have a child and being gone and like missing them it's like very nice and relaxing to be back in Bozeman and uh, hanging out with Oscar and Danielle for the holidays. So, There's a lot of people in the world that don't do anything that requires any kind of discipline after a certain point in life. You just fall on the total automatic pilot. I feel like it's important. Yeah, no discipline. We got a lot of years left. 
All of us do. You know, it's good for your brain too. Yep. Reading. Keep doing challenging stuff. Playing music. Because you fall into that like the the kind of mental space. You just watch one of those shows and they get people unstuck out of ditches all night long. <laughs> and your your brain capacity just goes down. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Yeah. Chester, do you feel like a different person in a way? Like in terms of yourself identifying, um, you know, prior to guitar and then now? Um, I don't know about prior to the guitar, after the show, I feel a little bit like I got done with that show and I went in the crowd to give my aunt and uncle a hug. And there were people (laughs) coming up to me, wanting pictures, saying I did a great job, saying they love Meat Eater, saying they love the podcast. And still in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just. Chester, Chester, man, like, yeah, but you, know, you can. Uh, it's hard to. You can legitimately use the word "gig" now. Like you're, you're in. You can say it. You can say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't feel different. I feel enlightened in a way. No. Like, yeah. You still on paternity leave? Yes. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> People <laughs> like authenticity, I Chester. Got, so you keep being Chester. I had three kids. I never got a lick of that shit. Paternity leave? I couldn't believe when I heard we. You had came that. up in the wrong time, bud. I know, man. It's times have changed. It's like I'd have had nine months. Just makes you want to have like another doing. kid. Oh, I know. I missed <laughs> out on nine months of just like dicking around all day long by not having. <laughs> well, and that's that's here in the states. If you lived in Latvia. There be it's going to be mandatory soon for the dads to take off three months, mandatory. Nine months of just doing nothing. <laughs> God, me nine months? No, I'm saying I had three kids. Oh, if I was if I was oh yeah coming up of age now, I would have enjoyed nine months of just whatever. Have some more kids, bud. It's too late now. Why? I mean, maybe not. I, don't know. I told you about my. <laughs> it's only like ninety nine point two percent effective. <laughs> Six months. It's two months. I think. Oh, it's two, not three. Well, I think you can. I, I'm not quite sure. I think you can maybe do three if you need it, but it, there might be some. Well, when I found out about it, I was perturbed. And what I did is I said, <laughs> if it's three and three, I said we should take one of them from the guys and give it to the girls. Make it two four. Yeah. I just don't see why they're off. Like, <laughs> it's just not the same thing. You didn't have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you could be the but... one who's staying home taking care of the baby. Uh, Bro, uh, come on. Uh, and, they, and a child <laughs> we did a, a child is not just raised by its mother. Listen. When I heard that it was three and three, I never followed up on it. I said it shouldn't be three and three, it should be four and two. They should guys should give one of theirs up for the girls. I agree. It it is very, very nice though. Like being there for her, especially since it's our first kid and learning how it all works and still being able to go do things on her own. I'm sure a lot of time off is real nice. That fe- that female <laughs> is out of her work, out of the workforce and not participating in her career for then an extra two months longer than that male is. They don't say you have to take it. That's that's true. You don't have to take any. That's true. Let, let, let's move on. I'm excited to get back to work. I'm not a policy guy. <laughs> What's that? I'm excited to get back to work. We're um, excited to have you back. I try to figure out. I try to figure out who said that quote. 
just because it'd be good to know, because we you like to say it and throw it around. Learn to play your guitar. Yeah, and then I, get I, I can't find it. But what this does <laughs> tell me from doing this quick little Google search of putting that in there is that playing or even just holding a guitar makes you sexy. The top, uh, <laughs> the top six ar- articles are uh, yeah. apparently the matter. Apparently, this matters. Holding a guitar makes you sexy. Sexy MF uh, by Prince. The guitar's power of seduction. Uh, men who play guitar are instantly 90% more attractive. It goes on and on. Do you want me to tell you who told me that quote? There's sure. a writer named, look him up. There's a writer named Paget Powell. Mm-hmm. I've heard of him. I, yeah, because you're a southerner. Yeah. So the writer Paget Powell told me that, and I think he was friendly with the Leonard Skinner fellers. Mm. He told me that story. So it might not be captured on the internet. Yeah, I think I got that from you, but I butchered the the quote. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jan, are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one to follow, but uh, I'll I'll give it my best for you guys. Um, well, a great year I had again, as I tend to have. Can't can't remember the last time I had a bad year. Yeah, because you're you're a half glass. Full. How's that <laughs> yeah, go? Exactly. You, you're nailing, the, you're nailing the quotes today. Half class full. Yeah. <laughs> you only have a half glass. It's always full. <laughs> uh, but no. He was born with a half glass. I was going to recount uh, Ina's, uh, who's my oldest daughter, uh, her first uh, Latvian deer camp experience and what I learned from that. Yeah, please. And uh, what's interesting about that is that I was just thinking as I was gathering notes in my head is that that's is the story starts about a year earlier when I was back in Wisconsin for the rifle hunt after already being there for a week archery hunting and I was texting with Steve and he's like where are you I said I'm in Wisconsin rifle deer hunt he's like again I said yeah <laughs> he said make sure to get to hunt a lot without your kids I'm like yeah well I'm not 100% sure I don't think that's what I said well Okay, what did you say? I said, you got your kids with you? Okay. <laughs> you got your kids with you, which is kind of like, you can say that same thing, saying that uh, you're hunting without your kids. Well, because you're at the Latvian family camp. Uh, oh, you're asking, oh, so you thought that my kids would be with me. I, and I thought there was some talk of that. Mm. So, well... Either way, I, I, I was bad. talking at the at the time. I was and I was told you. I said I don't know if it's a hundred percent cool to have females in this camp. It's mm-hmm. always been a male camp, and the one instance I can remember when a wife showed up. It and this was I was a long time ago. I was like, I remember there being some friction around this, and I later found out that it hmm. wasn't because she was a female and that she was there being a female is because there was some other just drama amongst people like people like to do. And that's what caused it. So it had nothing to do with her but being you a just, female. But you read it one way at, at your yeah, age. Sure. Yeah, sure. I was, you know, in my teens probably. And uh, so anyways, I asked if I could bring my oldest daughter that last year. And uh, everybody was like, yeah, for sure. Bring her. So it was, it was unanimously supported. Yeah, totally. Okay. And, uh, at the time, I didn't think that I would have any sort of, um, you know, apprehension about it. But I did. Once it was like, as the trip was kind of coming up, you know, it's no different than taking your wife out on her first, you know, hunt or whatever. You start to get this 
apprehension of like you want everything to go right. You yeah. want the crew to accept who this new person that you're bringing in. You yeah, want and you the, want Ina to be like, this is something I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah, 100%. So you're trying to make it great, you know? So I bought like a thou. It was, of course, it hasn't been cold in Wisconsin for the opening day of rifle season since I don't know when. And the forecast is like highs of 16. Mm. Like, oh boy. So... <laughs> Bought like a thousand hand warmers, body warmers, toe warmers. My dad showed up with a blind, had him get me the, one of the buddy heaters. And uh, I'd never done that setup. That works slick. So slick that Ina, um, we would get to the blind, we'd get in there and get her packed full of hand warmers and body warmers everywhere, get the buddy heater going. Fall asleep. She, she was wearing the First Light Sanctuary kit <laughs> in like not even five minutes. I'd look, I'd be like, okay, cool. We're all set. And I'd look over and she's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, like, this is nice. I don't know how you could get so comfortable in one of those like folding camp chairs, but yeah, she'd <laughs> snuggle right in and there'd be a solid 90 minutes. I'm like, well, this is great. The wind's right. It's very quiet. If a deer comes by, we'll uh, get a shot. Um, she didn't get to see any deer the first morning because when I'd see them, I'd be like, Ina, Ina, deer. She'd be like, <gasps> you know, she'd, there, there'd be barely any movement. I'm like, no, 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 deer coming, you know? And by the time she'd actually wake up, you know, open her eyes, you know, they'd be long gone. But, uh, so she didn't get to see any deer that day. Um, but it was great because at the, at, we only hunted two days. We were there maybe two and a half days and... It was great from to see like the way everybody took care of her, accepted her, you know, made her feel part of the group, and the way that my daughter was able just to just at eleven roll into you know a deer camp with I think we had twelve or thirteen this year. You know, most she knew a couple people. My brother was there, my dad was there, but you know, a dozen ten people that she's never met before, and just roll with the punches, you know, and be social and be comfortable and chit chat with everybody. Um, she enjoyed that part of it, the camaraderie as much as she did, you know, being out in the woods with me, which was great to see, you know, that, and that, go ahead. Which is a big part of the Wisconsin deer culture. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that was going to be a point I, I was going to bring up too is, I realized this year with having her there is how important that camp's been in my life and that experience, you know, and being able to go there, not every year, but off and on for, you know, coming on 40 years. Um, it's a pretty special deal. And you, and you realize how many people don't have that, you know, like how many people haven't ever even been to like a, a real deer camp, let alone for 50 years in a row, like some of the people that, you know, go there have, you know, I mean, there's a real connection there. And I think that, you know, those bonds and friendships are, it forms people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's certainly that camp has influenced who I am, you know, as a, as a person. Um, it was cool to have three generations of, uh, Patelises in one camp, you know, something I didn't, you know, think about beforehand, but then being there and seeing my dad and, me and my daughter, you know, in a picture, it was, it was a cool thing to see. Um, so great, great weekend overall. Um, I guess I don't think there's one general takeaway or thing I learned from it, but things that I'm reminded of that, uh, I I try to live this and, but it's hard to always remember because like you say, it's easy to go on autopilot, but you know, doing, uh, things that, 
might f- make you feel nervous or, or difficult or whatever it might be hard. If you just go and do them, you're going to come out the other side, you know, a better person probably, you know, whether it's getting up and doing a show or taking your daughter into a, you know, a camp full of men where for me personally, it'd be a lot easier to go there without my kids, hang out, stress, you know, not have that stress there and just be doing the old guy thing and, you know, drinking a few extra beers, whatever it might be. This is the harder version, but then in hindsight, it's like definitely the, the best version you know, oh, that yeah. it could be. Um, oh, they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> they are, but that brings up like the other sort of, you know, takeaway from it. And it, it's uh, the reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. It's like we've done, you're experiencing it too. I think Matt is finally getting there where he's not so much a pain in the butt. My girls have really grown out of that completely. Oh yeah, my kids are all rational now. It's fun. It's yeah, I say it's a pain in the butt. It's like a pain in the butt. It's a lot of wet, muddy stuff, you know. But it's great. But I mean, it's just, you just there's no relax. There's no relax. Still isn't no relax. There's no relax. <laughs> well, I'm starting to like. I'm starting to reap a little bit of relax oh, really? and, and just get to enjoy their company and enjoy and just see like all that time and effort that we put into, which hasn't, when you look back at it now, when you're in the mix of it, you're like, oh my God, it's never going to end. Now looking back on it, you wish you had more years doing it because it's over. And those 10 years have flown by, you know, that we put all this effort into it. And you've sort of now created these, you know, mm-hmm. not quite adult humans, but getting there. And uh, they are who they are, you know? And so it's, it's, it's cool to sit back and go, oh yeah, it all, it, it worked, you know? I'm glad we spent more time reading and less time on tablets. And I'm glad that we said no so many times and taught them to be polite and taught them to talk to adults or whatever it might be. Just general raising adults. Um, I heard a quote the other day. I can't remember who said it. She said, I never raised any kids. I was raising adults. Hmm. I I like that thinking. You're not really raising kids, right? I think one of the, in that thing, I think one of the best, strategies i've had like one of the things that we've done that that paid off the best is i always make my kids go up and shake people's hands and introduce themselves Mm -hmm. always huge impact that doesn't come naturally no it doesn't no for them to be able to learn to go in and and shake someone's hand and say what their name is and ask them what their name is yeah they don't you know they used to not like it now they just do it yeah are they going to do so no i i've I've been there plenty of times for that when you do that with your kids and uh uh, I feel nervous for the kids. <laughs> good, You're, I, I got to go back for a second. You're still not like relaxing at all. <laughs> no, no. With all three you of them. You may never. No, when all they're them. all together. You all mean. three of them, no. Yes. Okay. Well, what day it was? Sunday. We got to the Christmas tree. Okay. And we did, like I said, we did an extreme yep. Christmas tree hunt. We saw trees never before seen by man. Trophies. <laughs> Trophy. However... <laughs> I, I don't, the gear management, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, like this super slick hillside covered in powder snow and they're sliding down it. And we haven't started hunting trees yet. <laughs> you're like, you're not allowed to have well, no, fun like, while we're out here. Well, no, like now, well, we're, I know where this is going to land. I know where it's going to land. I know. That one's going to be crying because he's cold. <laughs> Because he's cold. And I then hear, he's got my gloves. I just want you to get to And I had to give him my gloves. Then I, I just wanted you <laughs> to get to the point where you can relax. 
You're supposed to bring extra hats and neck oh, gear. I'm with you on this. I'm starting to get to the relaxation stage a little bit, man. You'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> I love it. There's nothing I'd rather do. It's the only time I don't feel guilty in my life. Because you're with your kids. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm not wasting my life. I'm doing what I want to do. And then they're there. So I'm not being like a bad dad. It's the only time I'm happy. Mm. The only um, time. I, I, was, can I, I just want to drop one more thing because it's kind of funny. I was over overanalyzing the hunting because I was trying to get a success, you know, and I wanted I to, you know, yeah. see, a, see a kill. And which uh, brings up another thing w- with too, because I'm like, well, you know, I'm only going to shoot like a, you know, nice buck, you know, and should we shoot a doe or not? We can go back to Montana and shoot does. And I hadn't really asked her, but in on the last evening when we're like watching some deer run around in front of us, she's like, I'd be happy if you shot anything. And of course, then I didn't have another opportunity. And so whatever. She, she wasn't bummed out about it. But as we're hunting along, I'm trying to include her in the process. Where do you think we should go? Did you like that spot where we were yesterday morning? You know, the wind's doing this. The deer should be better at this. I'm just like, hey, do you have any input at all? Her answer every single time, is there going to be action there? Let's go where the action is. <laughs> Don't leave deer to mind, dear dad. <laughs> I'm like, and it did hit me. I'm like, that's right. Keep it, keep it simple, stupid. Just like, go where the action is. And we did. We literally went to the spot where, even though someone had already shot a buck out of there, I, there was a bunch of tracks in that zone. People had seen zo- uh, deer in there. Uh, the cameras had picked up a, you know, a few pictures of deer, uh-huh. and we went there. Lo and behold, we got to watch two bucks fight and another one messing around, and they all chased one doe around for like 30 minutes. It's quite the wildlife encounter, you know? That's good. So Yeah, there you go. There's my uh, advice for 2023. Go where the action is. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> or be a good dad. That too. Here's here's my thing. It's not that monumental, but it just is something that stays in my head. Early in, let me back up. Let me back up. In Michigan, I I was I, I liked to trap a whole bunch growing up, and um was real heavy duty into it. I thought that's what I was gonna do for a living. And you were allowed to catch a bobcat no, quite a ways, yeah, hour drive. Had you had to go about an hour, hour and a half north, where you were allowed a bobcat. And um I never did it because. Those Michigan bobcats, they're not valuable at all. So like bobcats in the high, like high plains bobcats or, you know, Great Basin bobcats, they might be like five, six hundred bucks. They're like fifteen dollars in Michigan because they don't have the white belly. They're just dingy. Um, So never could justify it because I would just catch stuff to sell it and it wasn't valuable. Uh, One time, though, I was. This must have been in ninety four, I think, nineteen ninety four. I would go up to Macosta County, up by Big Rapids, Michigan. We'd trap beaver through the ice after everything froze up. So late December, January, trap muskrats and beaver through the ice. And I was on this big marsh, and there's all these beaver lodges. Three or four beaver lodges through this big marsh. And one day, walking along where I had sets, and this bobcat had walked from lodge to lodge like on our tracks and i had laid a beaver down on the ice and and when something drowns it'll bleed out its nose a little bit i had laid a beaver on the ice and it had left a little blood patch and that bobcat had kind of like walked around smelling that blood patch and uh 
thought from then on always about how, like, it just seemed mysterious. I always wanted to catch a bobcat. And then I promptly moved away, left, left the area. Thought and thought and thought about it. And last year, right in January, now we're trying to think. No, I can't remember if it was December or January. Either way, went out and spent a week trying to catch a bobcat. For like seven days, didn't catch one. Then last year in January, I caught one on accident in a Martin set. So he got caught in one of my Martin boxes, and I didn't know it. I get up to my Martin box, and the trap's out. All kinds of branches are broken, and there's white fur in the trap. And I'm like trying to think, what the hell would have done that? You know, and I thought maybe like a weasel and something ate it, but there's no blood, there's no nothing. And I just wrote it off like a mystery you'll never solve. I go to the next Martin box 50 yards away, and there he is dead under the doornail. He like crammed his hand, his head, like he had to squeeze his head into that thing. He gets caught. Um, How unsatisfying to catch him by accident. I'm glad I, I was glad. I'm glad I got him. I got him registered. He's hanging in my office. But um, like the role of luck and intention, man. So unsatisfying. Didn't even kind of scratch the itch. Are you? It's not getting the bobcat. Yeah. It's on whose terms? Your turn. You want on your. Do you know terms. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Completely un, you know, kind of like the same way you used to say, like getting a something that's been collared that somebody's already yeah. gotten it before. You yeah. know, on accident. Are you going to get back at the bobcat? Oh, yeah, on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it never happened. Yeah, but as a trapper, I was glad. I was like, oh, you know, but no, no, I wasn't. It was like, it was honestly, it was the most mixed, it was the most mixed emotion feeling. It was more like I was watching it happen to someone else. But as a trapper, this is, I've been thinking about that all year. So really? unsatisfying. But as a trapper, On accident. but as a trapper, you it's like bound to happen that bycatch. I know, but it's like there's certain things that I just was. There's a thing I wanted to do and haven't done it, and then I did it on accident. And it just kills me. Dude. And, and Chester, it'd be kind of like if you were out fishing for perch, nine, ten inch perch, and you shit into a ten pound walleye. Yeah, like you're doing the dumbest thing <laughs> in the world. You're doing the least walleye thing in the world. And you catch a state record walleye. But then don't you just experience that as a really nice surprise? I try. <laughs> I've been trying for a year. <laughs> I still can't get there. No, I, when I, I walk in my maybe, office. Maybe in 2020. Every time I walk into my office, I see what? that bobcat hanging there. You think at a point it would just be glee? I see that bobcat hanging there and it still stings me. Mm. A year later. I totally get that. That makes sense. Yeah, kind of, like when like, I'm glad I got it. I, w- I don't want it to go away. I'm glad I got it. Every single time I look at it, it's not a, you know, it's like a, well, you know, an accident. <laughs> Blind squirrel. Does it make you be like, I suck at bobcat trapping? No, it just is like, um. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It gave you a good story, and you got a good story out of the deal. Yeah. I feel like it's how people that inherit a lot of money feel. Hmm. When they look like if you made a lot of money through entrepreneurship and risk and you look in that big fat bank account, you're probably like, hell yeah, you did that. But if you like, if you just got it, like from your grandpa, 
You know, like generational wealth. Yeah, kind of you're yeah. probably looking in and you're like, nah, and then you look no. out at that Lamborghini. Yeah, you don't outside. look at it. You're not like, yeah, yeah. You're I like, mean, yeah, you know, kind of makes you feel a little icky. <laughs> when you set that trap, Bobcats were the first thing from your mind, right? You know, I didn't think Bobcat could fit his head in right. So I get it. I don't think he thought he was going to fit his head yeah. in there. If you were playing like a one-on-one golf game with Tiger Woods, and it was neck and neck up until the end, and then Tiger Woods just swings and misses and lands on his ass and shits his pants, and you're like, oh, I guess I win. But like yeah. Tiger Woods probably shouldn't have fallen down and shit his exactly. pants. I like that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> or he had a stroke, and you beat him. Exactly. Not a stroke like, gotcha. but a stroke like a swing. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That's it's cool. like you didn't sink the long putt, but he three-putted. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, still kills me every time I look at him. I'm glad I got him. He's beautiful. Yeah. But it's not... And I'm saying we're doing a fundraiser dinner, and I'm gonna um, we're doing a fundraiser dinner, and I'm cooking that bobcat up. Mm. I got his two little two little legs all froze up. Mm. He had four, but I saved two. <laughs> I did some gumbo with my bobcat. It was delicious. Was it? Yeah. That's another cool thing about bobcats. Like you catch coyote, you know. I've I've learned my lesson on eating coyotes, but bobcats people people enjoy them. Oh yeah, they're tasty. Man, gumbo sounds good right about now. It is the season. So I'm trying to think of where that leaves people for 2023. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> if you're going after something and it doesn't work out the way you plan, just keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah, it'd be... Um, well, you, might you know what a, it is? In 2023, don't, <laughs> don't take credit for something you didn't do. Yeah. Take care of your daughter. But when play luck, lots of rock and roll. But when luck shines upon you, uh, don't miss be appreciative. So much. Yeah, right. Be grateful. That's a good And if one, you take yeah. your wife hunting, don't freak out on her. Mm-hmm. In 2023. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and make your kids always make your kids feel real awkward. Make them go introduce themselves to people. <laughs> call them down. It, out, call it, them down out of the room to just make them come downstairs. Just introduce themselves to yeah. someone. It'll pay off. I'm just. It'll I'm, pay off. I'm Believe just, Steve. I'm just picturing Matt doing that though. Like kind of like regrettingly like. No, he gets in, in there and head. gets it done, man. He does a good job. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny too. Is when someone rings the doorbell, one of the kids' lives run over where they can see, and I'll be watching. They just go over and they just stand there, looking out. <laughs> I'm like, well, now, now what happens? <laughs> you go well, yeah. invite them in, you know? It's kind of, it's kind of like the hunting thing. It's like staring at them through the, the window. <laughs> yeah. Is this the Ranella household? Nope. <laughs> yeah, they race over to look at the person through the window. <sighs> Happy New Year. <clears throat> yep. I'm trying to think of what I legitimately, like, what I'm going to do. I, I, as much as I hate resolutions, I'm trying to think of what I'm legitimately going to do. Catch a bobcat. No, uh, I mean like like in in terms of personal behavior. I'm gonna try not to freak out on my kids as much. Mm. That's a good one every year. Mm-hmm. Hard, hard, hard. I'm gonna try not to freak out on them as much. God, my dad freaked out on me all the time. It's like in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good year. It. It's gonna be a good year. Mm-hmm. Make it a good year. There you go, Chester. All right, buddy. Happy, uh, happy New Year, man. Don't take credit for something you didn't do. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. But get a tan. <laughs> Definitely get a tan. Be appreciative. Uh.
Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of Axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable, they're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go. Stop by your local Tacova's store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today.